My fellow travelers to the never-ending adventure podcast, the podcast where we talk about adventure time and how badass it is. I am your host of the show, DJ Nettie P. Partake of the fruit. Partake of the fruit. Nettie P, (laughs) partake of the fruit. Mm, It's my fruit, this Mm. nice little old-fashioned that I'm drinking right now. Partake of the fruit. My name is Russell Tindall, and I'm the other co-host, and I don't actually talk like that, so I apologize for that entire intro. Hello, welcome to what Ned just said, the never-ending adventure, Adventure Time podcast. We're talking about Dad's Dungeon. Ned, you know? Wow. Cool episode. Season three. Great. Oh my god. Episode gosh. 25. We're wrapping up here. We're getting toward the very end of this season. Um, and it just feels like we flew through this one. I don't know why. It really feels like we came through season three way faster than season one and two. Yeah. I feel a little bit the same way too, except for the fact that so I like looked back this one because we are we're wrapping up our season three uh next week, technically, but uh today we're recording. But the first episode of season three is Conquest of Cuteness. And I was like, that that feels like forever ago. You oh, know, yeah. like that, like doing that one episode. But then at the same time, it's kind of like, oh my gosh, we have done a year and a half of this podcast. And it's yeah. flown. Like we're, we're we're at the point finally when we started. I remember you being like, oh my gosh, there's nine seasons of this show. How like yeah. when are we gonna get to the good stuff? And like this is episode 80. <laughs> Yeah, it's episode eighty, which is awesome. Of the podcast, yeah, yeah. No, I mean we're in some good stuff. This is a really good episode. Uh, thinking about to conquest of cuteness, like should not have been the first episode of season three. I stick to what I said. I'll I think, stick to uh, that too. The last episode of season two, I fully believe, should have been the first episode of the season. Yeah, well, opinion. I think you know. So, so we're wrapping up, and um, we'll talk more about it next week, obviously. But they do. Yeah. I think they auto kind of correct themselves, and they have a end of season three goes into season four with like a continuing episode. Oh, that's great. I love um, that. So yeah, it's not like a, it's not like the two-parter they did at the end of oh, season two with Mortal Folly and Mortal Woody Coil. So. Yeah, you got me thinking about next week already. Uh, let's, let's stick to yeah, this week. Stick to this one. Yeah. Dad's Dungeon. Let's just say this one like automatically has made it in my top three this season. Like wow. automatically. Um, Is it because of the very sexy fruit witches? Mm, a very sexy fruit. Well, I did have a great factoid, a little okay. Nettie's factoid for you about the fruit witches. I take it is that food. they oddly look a lot like the um in the first episode of Adventure Time Ever, Slumber Party Panic. The yeah. title card has like three sexy dancing ladies on it, and these are like pretty much those characters like put into an oh. episode. Um, okay. Wow! So I thought that was a fun call. I'm, I think it, it, that had to have been purposeful, in my opinion. It must have been. Like I, I'm sure they go back and like, oh, we can use this for this situation that we're in right now. Uh, the if you haven't picked up on it, listeners, travelers, the fruit witches are my sexy characters of this episode, <laughs> without a doubt. They're amazing. That whole flower trap, which we'll get into in a little bit, is actually my tops of the episode. Ooh, okay. I loved that scene. That scene just... Wait, specifically the the hallway deciding the hallway. scene or when, like the when actual... They're in, when they're uh, in okay. with the fruit witches, just everything that occurs there. Um, I mean, you know, we can get into it. I, I just... They're so distracted right now, like in that situation. We're really hopping 
for it in this episode. Yeah. Uh, which might be a more a better episode to just go straight through. But they're having this conversation about like Finn crying. He's really upset with uh, you know, the things that Jake's been saying and and the way that his father and the holograms has been talking about Finn. And Finn's basically saying, like, what? I cry when people die. Like, what's wrong with that? Unfortunately, it's such a heavy conversation that they're mm-hmm. so distracted the entire time that they're in this weird hallucinogenic-esque world where they're walking upon a large table and the fruit witches are flying around. Like, I take the fruit. I mean, you know, y'all have seen this episode or if you haven't, you should go watch it because it's yeah, a don't, good episode. <laughs> don't go listening to our full <laughs> podcast and being like, yeah, I've never seen this episode. I, yeah. I have no idea what they're talking about. No, but it's it's a great one. Um, yeah, and so I just I think the only reason like they don't get trapped by this is because they're so distracted with their own internal and external conflict that they're having between the two of them and and their father who is pre recorded this entire episode. Yeah. Oh, I've got um, things to say about that too. So. Yeah, and then and then Jake forces one of the witches to eat the apple, and Finn's kind of given up. You know, he's like, "What's the point?" Like everybody around me is like put me down like i'll just hang out here and i'll eat the fruit you know and and jake forces the apple she swallows it then she gets swallowed up by vines i mean it's just like so great they go from the inside out she turns into an apple then the other witches like destroy her and you see her yeah consume her specifically yeah yeah yeah. Uh, it's just such a good scene it i i really loved that whole moment in this episode it was fantastic Yo, that, no, and it was great too. It, it was, it made that room just a little bit deeper than just yeah. like, oh, if you eat the apple, like you'll be poisoned and, and die, if, or you know. And they escape only because of the uh, Jake's Wario fart that he does yeah. <laughs> at the end of that. <laughs> just like makes his butt bigger. In their faces. Like, <laughs> I know, I love it. Yeah. I love it. But yeah. no, I've got. We'll, we'll we'll take it back because yeah, you're 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 definitely right in that sense. If we get kicking on one topic, we're not going to talk about like the other parts of this yeah. episode, if we get too deep into one. So we start out, again, just chilling in the boat on the treehouse in this episode, which I yeah. love. They are doing beautiful, like just what you like in every episode, like the colors in the background is kind of like this cool it sunset is. vibe. I noticed it was like a different choice too for the sunset. Not yeah. to distract y'all, but it was a it was an interesting color palette choice. I liked it. Yeah, it was it was somewhere it wasn't that that kind of like yellowish uh yellowish dusk that they sometimes do but it wasn't like just like the plain blue sky yeah. which made it way more of a vibe and I was like dude, I could absolutely just vibe and just chilling with mm-hmm. Bemo in the boat on the treehouse. Oh, you got a major cutie moment. Yeah. Bemo's not my lovely in this episode, but a major cutie moment where he's just like, "What? Your head on my body isn't boring? It's weird." <laughs> <laughs> I love no, it. it. I love it. I, I love this though because it, it introduces. You know, we we talk about our treehouse episodes where we learn more about like Finn and Jake's relationship with each other, specifically things that BMO does. And I like that this one it just tosses that in there. Like when they're not adventuring, yeah. they're just like chilling out, going like, "Hey, Jake, turn into fun shapes. Turn into a cheetah farting. Turn into a <laughs> BMO body fin head." Uh, which is That's great. It's great. And for all my time. fans out there, let's let's remember that moment. Um, from islands when there's a BMO head on a sexy body. I'll leave it at that. I won't spoil okay. anything. So, <laughs> And actually at the end of this episode, Jake turns into the cheetah once again, I believe, as they enter yes. the final cavern to take on... Um, yeah. I think he had he had he had to have had some sort, of, uh, some sort of muscle memory on the cheetah now. Yeah, like, maybe so. 
That's a good look. I like it. Oh yeah, it's a good look. Well, we jump from that right into sparkles. Let's yeah, the squash spirit the sparkles. sparkles. Which are we really I guess, to believe that those are spirit sparkles or I don't know? It just seems way too convenient. <laughs> yeah, that was kind of I guess the like we just have to get. Uh, they could have maybe maybe it would have been too long. Been like oh like we were cleaning out the treehouse and we found dad's old tapes or something like that. But, yeah, it's interesting to notice too that. Clearly, the father knew of them living in this treehouse, so he passed away at some point after they moved in yeah. to the treehouse. Yeah, that was I, I had that as a factoid of mine is that he gives directions to the dungeon based on the treehouse. So they were living there before mm-hmm. their parents passed away. I wish they really did give more answers on. Do they not? They mm. well, they do more Joshua and Margaret like lore. And okay. some of the like history of Jake and Jerome and Finn and all that stuff, but they don't really get into like how or why they died, I guess, because they wanted to not, you know, make it morbid per se, you know? Okay. Yeah. He's an interesting character that Joshua, first off, how they never noticed that 80 paces west of the treehouse, there's a dumb looking rock <laughs> that, that, Sticks out like a sore thumb, probably should have been moved at some point just Let's, for the sake of it, the annoyance of it making noises. I don't know, man. What's yeah, up with that? I'm, who knows what's in the grasslands that there could just be 80 locked. paces, though, dude. Yeah. That's not far. That's that's like, but, you gotta but if know there your was yard, that man. rock, like, would, would they ever have moved it? Like, would they ever have pushed it aside? No reason to, I guess. No yeah, reason they, to. they very much Legend of Zelda that one where they're just like, do, 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 you know, yeah. whatever the <laughs> they said it's very is. Legend of Zelda. It's just like dungeons are under rocks. You yeah. Know? I, let's I, let's I say that, that though. It, uh, the the dumb looking rock is my lovely of this episode. Is it really? It okay. is 100. That's great. <laughs> I just think that's like, I, I love that they just did that. It's just like, um, yeah, and for I all like my that. fans out there, it reminds me of when um, the wizard that can bring things to life and he like brings to life uh, the Ice King's book and it has like the stupid face on it. It reminds me of that. <laughs> so I, I do think my theoretically speaking here is that the rock was touched by the wizard that brings okay. things to life. I like it. Well, you know, we have um, the Spirit Sparkles talk and the the first hologram. So that's what I want to talk about. Mm. When Joshua is holding Finn and Jake and squeezes both of them, and then Jake kind of giggles, right? And Finn starts crying. And I guess in his mind, that is a a moment of weakness for Finn. And he kind of bases this whole episode around like, well, he's being a bad father, obviously, for so he's just holding him, like flinging him around, you know, squeezing him to make him cry or giggle or whatever. Uh, I mean, we're not all Pillsbury Doughboy, you know, Jake's. So, but again, Finn just looks more like a Pillsbury Doughboy. That's for he sure. Does, just a little bit. But then I do, I do love the family demon sword or like, yes. what is it? Yeah. It's made from demons, yeah, demon blood, blood. I guess sword. that's what it is. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty sweet. Demon... That's got to come back. Right. I hope. That's oh the... yeah. Yeah. We've got, um, an episode coming up. I think, I think it's season four. That's actually about the demon himself. Okay. Um, nice. And they have like an interaction and a whole episode about that demon trying to get his blood back. That's um, true. But I know uh, we can't do it yet. And a lot of people, have, they'll do like ranking of all the Adventure Time swords. And I know Demon Blood yeah. Sword always makes people's like top three, like pretty consistently. Dude, that demon, he brings up some questions I have about Joshua. I mean, first mm-hmm. off, like 
that whole scene really calls in the question. And this whole episode calls in the question Joshua's parenting techniques and, and the influence that he probably had on Finn, a very young Finn, and, and shaping who he becomes, um, whether that's a positive one or a negative one. Uh, he's my most punchable character. If he's not yours, uh, yeah, he. I mean, I'd I would say Joshua from from the get go is pretty much most punchable. Yeah. in this episode, not. But it shows yeah. he's got incantant, uh, what incantations, right? That he can do because he casts mm-hmm. one in order to make the demon go away. But also, the demon's like, "Hey, man, we go way back." Like at the very end of the episode, when he thinks he's talking to Joshua, but he's actually talking to Finn and Jake. And they use the recording. They get rid of him by using the incantation that he used in the recording. Yeah, um, which which is um, key auth rama pancake yep. is the incantation, which, which is I great. love. Another one of my factoids is that in the city of thieves, when there's actually a wizard that goes pancake, 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 and then turns into a cat, mm. and so they're like, oh, maybe that there is a. Uh, possible uh like pancake could be a magic word like a pa- magic incantation <laughs> yeah, word i love it the the netty's fat toys of this episode are just sprinkled on like parmesan cheese well, throughout this it, episode i love not having to force a factoid segment in that how like we can organically be like oh yeah that's okay. that's actually really cool you know yeah I, I like that too but it's interesting he threatens to cut off their love handles which i'm kind of like about that like, can we get that demon? The- <laughs> can I get that demon for myself? I got, Cut off I got my love handles? Some, some minor love handles I wouldn't mind getting rid of. A little bee belly. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but it just makes me think Joshua's sus, man. He's just super sus. Um, my, my big thing that I wanted to say about Joshua for this episode, um, to summarize everything, we'll get into the rest of this episode, mm-hmm. but essentially he's like using Finn's insecurities to put him down throughout this entire episode. And and I think in his mind, he, he hopes that it's going to toughen up Finn. But that's just, I'm not a parent, but like that's not a great way to parent, man. You know, like it doesn't sound appropriate in my opinion and probably not a great way, or it's probably a great way to strengthen their insecurities that they have, they already have, you know, whatever that may be in your child. And yeah. like we have a negative effect on them later in their life as we see it affecting Finn you know, he, yeah, he just has, 100%. I don't know. He's just so like sad or bummed out. Yeah. By, I mean, you know, what could be a silly diss, but like it's his dad. It's his and dad. And then his brother. It's, I've got a lot to say about this. And this is kind of all of my deep thoughts and all yeah. of my lessons will stem from this. So I don't want to knock it all out, like, and just spill it all at once. But yeah, yeah sure. the big thing I tried to, I mean, there's positive reinforcement and there's negative reinforcement. And a lot of people, a lot of the studies I guess done on is with like, you get a cookie versus you get, you know, slapped on the butt, you know? Uh, and this one I think is very like emotional, positive reinforcement or emotional negative reinforcement. And I get that. I think Adventure Time itself is, you know, like we've talked about is is either a lack of parenting is a big theme through the whole show or bad parenting is a theme through the whole show. And so this one, I think they're really going on. It's actually like a commonality. And and I would say makes Joshua more relatable of a father being like, I've got two babies and one cries all the time. I don't know what to do besides say, hey, Finn's a little whiny baby. Um, 
and you remember they, they, I think they even made fun of, uh, in Boom Boom Mountain when they were like, we found this tiny baby and all he was doing was crying because he was, you just kissed a Boom Boom baby. You just, you just kissed a Boom Boom baby. So like, you know, they they love Finn. Obviously Joshua wouldn't gone through the trouble. I don't know, man. Well, he wouldn't have gone through the trouble to make a whole dungeon for him, like a very like intricate dungeon too. But even um, in the in the first hologram message talking about the dungeon, he's like, Finn, this message is or this dungeon is gonna kick your tail. I bet you won't even make it through the first trap. You know, like he's expecting him to fail. And I think all of these messages are written in the thought, like as if he makes it through, right? Like the condition yeah. was you get my love, you give uh, I'm proud of you. Like it was a if conditional you make it love to the thing. End, yeah. yeah, if you make it to the end of this dungeon and make it to the final tape and get to hear this final tape, like, I'm so proud of you. You're going to do great things, son. Like, way to go. You finished the dungeon, you know? I, I don't know. Yeah, it well, just, and, and you got to think, it. though, you know, he's their adopted son. So there's probably a little bit less of a factor of, like, an unconditional love for Finn, you know? I don't know. Just because it's not that whole blood. And we'll go on to the to maybe, Jake thing later, too. But it's hard to say about the adoptive adopted child thing right because i've yeah neither one of us have ever done that and I, I don't like to think that anyone who adopts a child doesn't love that child unconditionally oh no you know? no, no, no. that's that's not what i'm saying okay okay yeah i'm not i'm not like saying that that's an overarching theme or anything but yeah with the show specifically i i really can't spoil stuff about jake and and everything but it's just very interesting um that that, that plays a factor and he's I, I, like I said, I think the love is there. It's just done in a way, obviously when he's a brand new parent, they're like little babies. And he's like, this is definitely yeah. something that's going to help him one day. And this is even before, um, okay. Finn would have been an adventurer. Who knows? Finn could have been I- anything. He could have just been a gardener. And then yeah. if Joshua was like, go slay these, but it you seems know, like Joshua's demons. coming off like you got to be an adventurer. Like exactly. he wants his kids to be, which he's kind of projecting what he wants on them mm-hmm. and forcing them down the path that he thinks. I mean, fortunately, Finn and Jake love adventuring, and and that's where their deep passion is. But um, you know, I that don't wasn't know, maybe. that wasn't a given when they were babies. You know, yeah. I don't know. Uh, it's just questionable parenting, in my opinion, all all the way through. With, all the way Joshua. through. Which, which is a very why I didn't. I do love the end of this episode. Like, don't get me wrong, but the end of this episode, I wish they would have said, you know, they were like, "Man, Dad's awesome," and I was like, "Oh, I wish y'all had, had a little moment where you were like, like, have you seen the movie um, Onward that that Disney Pixar movie?" I have no, not. Jay. Dude, first of all, it's like my top two favorite Pixar Disney movies. Well, okay, um, so is this good. your wreck for this week? Yeah, I, honestly, because this episode reminds me of that so much. Sure. Um, okay. And yeah, so onward, it's like it's it's very D and D inspired, which cool. is why I think you would love it anyway. But the end of the movie, it's like the whole time the main character is trying to uh, become re become a wizard so he can spend time with his dad for twenty four hours with a spell, um, and he realizes at the end that his dad, like. He can't spend it, but his older, I'm going to go off. He's going to be way too convoluted yeah, to try to cram into one no tangents. thing. We don't tangent on this we show. We don't tangent on this show. But, but at the end of the do, day. Oh, uh, never mind. I was going to go in the commercials. 
But we do need to take a break. We do. I have, I have a lot to say. Day. <laughs> I have a lot to say. Well, yeah, we do All need right. to, to breathe a little. Let you guys take a break. Go get some nachos, take a poop, whatever you need to do. Y'all looking for something to do this holiday season? You tired of all those boring parades, gatherings, waiting in line, roller coasters? Yeah, that sounds pretty lame to me. So this season, why don't y'all take your stupid little family down to stupid Rock City, Tennessee? We got the best stupid rocks, silly rocks, rock sillies, butt boulders, poop pebbles, and even the world's largest dumbass diamond. So please, take your family somewhere where they would really remember this year. No, seriously. We haven't had a visitor in 15 years. We, we, we really need some money. So please, please, please come give us your money at Stupid Rock City, Tennessee, the world's best location. Welcome back. No, no buts. This is a great podcast. Transition back into it after a commercial for an advertisement that we actually weren't sponsored by. So, you know. They weren't actually sponsored. But Rock City, Tennessee, I don't know if you're in town sometime. Go there. What's up? Uh, Ned? No butts. Butts are for pooping. We're getting into the dungeon. Let's go talk about uh, burgers and hot dogs. I think this is, again, another... Just another situation where I'm like, obviously, an incantation, right? This has to be something that Joshua put, like, some sort of a spell where it's like a food monster that occurs based off of what they want to eat in order to test them. A cravings creature? Yeah, some sort of a cravings creature that he created, which I want to know more about Joshua's abilities. Like, I want to know more about, like, how powerful Joshua is and and how he's able to even just, like, capture a giant monster and bring it into... Because not only did he have... I know he got, at the very end, the last hologram... Or not the last, second last hologram, the two fingers come up out of that last room and grab him. Mm -hmm. But in order to get that monster into that room... He had to really dominate that monster in some way. Uh, or or he or, found the monster and built the dungeon around it. Maybe so. Maybe but he so. definitely says that he's putting, you know, he had the... Yeah. I think he says that he put the monster in there. Well, I'll give you a little spoiler drop. So Joshua and Margaret had a business called Joshua and Margaret Investigations. And okay. so essentially what they were is they were like a service for the land of Ooh where they would just get requests in to investigate paranormal or weird things happening. And so they were kind of like Finn and Jake, a little bit more on like the private investigator side of things, a little bit more than like the knights and adventurers. And so that is that is where they they have all these things, they have all these like kind of abilities that they, they essentially they learn along the way. So with a lot of stuff, they'd be like, hey, there's this demon that's, terrorizing our village and so i think joshua would go do research and figure out like learn incantations on how to beat all of the things that they were like called to do and so over time they just become these like awesome like they just have all like and we'll we'll actually get to it with an episode with jerome who's like the keeper of their parents house which has all these like demons and lore and you know relics and things like that um so that's a spoiler, but that that can probably answer and and clear up a lot of things about them. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. So he definitely has some abilities, some powers, or or whatever. I mean. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. For sure. Yeah. A, a useful person to have around, perhaps if you're adventuring. But 
Um, well, you know, that second tape after the burgers and hot dogs is the moment where he basically tells, you know, the entire time they're like, then cover your ears. Like you can't hear this. And it actually leads to a couple of great slap moments. I don't know if you caught that throughout the episode. There were three really fantastic slaps. No, I didn't. Not that I called out on purpose. Yeah, I don't know why it stuck out to me. Uh, The first one is when, uh, let's see, Jake slaps Finn to get him to take his hands off of his head after, Mm -hmm. I guess, the first recording. Then the second one is Finn slaps Jake when he goes eat the hot dog at like after they escape from that room. And then the last one is the monster in the final room slaps Finn as like his first like way to attack him. Yeah. And I don't know, just, the way that those hit in those moments were just so fun to me. Um, yeah, they, they really accentuated the open palmness, I yes, guess, is why, yeah. why it's noticeable. I think so, I think so. But anyway, so the second tape is the one where... Jeez, uh, I can't talk today. This is bad. <laughs> we're going to record two, two episodes of this podcast. When Jake is told to go and call Finn a whiny baby. This is like that moment, right? Right before mm-hmm. the flower trap and the guy, the gooey gross dude, which is an interesting um, comparison even where the way that they handle that gross gooey dude and Finn's like, cheer up. Like we're only calling you gross because we're your bros. And then he digs even deeper into saying like, take a bath, like bros, like call each other out and like yeah. are real with each other. And then Isn't in that, that very like next moment, thing. I've Jake's always- not. I've always thought about that. You know, it's like, it's people are embarrassed. Like when your flies down, when you've got something between your teeth or something, but like yeah. your best friends are the ones that go, Hey man, your flies down. I'm not trying to like, but rip not on in you, front of like, other people. <laughs> yeah. But, but be Don't like, Hey man, I, I would want somebody to tell me if mine fly was down. And yeah. so like your buddies are going to be like, Hey, zip, zip your fly up, bro. And like, this guy's just like, you stink, take a bath. And, and the, he takes it well. He's like, Hey, thanks guys. And yep. it makes me wonder why they didn't actually take that path because that guy, he was just like bros with him now. He probably would have let him go by. Yeah. I, I, I wonder thought. where that path would have led to. Probably the same place, I'm guessing. Yeah. Well, you there know, is a um, one or two paths. Because of the pre recorded holograms, and Joshua mentions that they were in like the flower room or whatever. If they are truly pre recorded, then it'll be like, how did Joshua know that they went down that path? Unless that Maybe path you went had nowhere. to. Yeah, yeah, you had to go down that path, perhaps. That's interesting. Um, but yeah, it's just so fascinating because right after that, Jake is very not real with Finn, you know, and he, and that's when he calls him out, calls him a whiny baby. And you have all, as we already talked about, the uh, particular fruit, sexy witches, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and, and that's just such an interesting moment where it's like, Finn's like, oh, dude, we're, we're bros. Like, we'll, we'll tell you if you stink, it's all good. Um, but But Jake won't do that initially for him. And so he's just finally, it finally breaks him. He's just like, like, no, like dad's just saying this in order to try and toughen you up. Like you are tough. He does love you at the very end with the remix kind of beatboxing uh, yeah. recording that yeah. Jake well, plays it, for Finn. It leads me to part of, part of the sexy witch's apple room and the final demon as well. It, Leads me to my, again, my deep thought, kind of the the continuing tangent from the Onward movie is that Jake starts to realize himself that what his dad's doing is not working and that Jake then takes back into his own hands. He, first of all, he slaps the apple out of Finn's hand, um, which is kind of the direct, like, Joshua didn't want Jake intervening with Finn's dungeon adventure. He wanted him to just pretty much just tell him, hey, you're a crybaby 
just keep going. But that Jake takes into his own hands and protects, protects Finn, gets him out of there, toots on the witches, um, encourages him at the end, and then and then essentially makes the final decision to play the tape before he's finished the dungeon. And so Jake has this moment where he goes, I I can essentially teach Finn this lesson and get Finn through this dungeon better than my dad can. And I think that that's a really big concept of the show is that Finn and Jake are bros, but in a lot of ways, Jake is kind of this father figure to Finn. Um, yeah. Yeah, and, and he even calls did. himself kind of an uncle occasionally, you know. Yeah, and then yeah, the next episode he calls himself Uncle Jakey. So. And I think we've heard that in a, a previous episode as well, and I never called it out because I thought, oh, that's an interesting thing. But perhaps that's when he feels as though he is big brothering uh, or bothering, you know, Finn yeah, a little bit. He's, is when he's being really, Uncle Jake. And it's a fine line, and we see it a lot through the rest of the show where Jake walks this fine line of, you know, he's my bro. Like, we want to go do bro things together. And hey, I need to be a good example for Finn. And I need to protect yeah. him. And I need to make sure he's learning how to handle. And it, it way more comes up with lady issues. Like, Jake is like not good with lady issues himself, but he's like, hey, I'm, I need to be the one that teaches Finn this stuff. And um, it's not and always is, for I, the best, but he tries. No, no, no. <laughs> but it's that's kind of, and that's like my deep thought of this episode. And, you know, you have to take those like life circumstances and be like, yeah, like I, I could just not, I could just like let Finn do whatever or not protect him or not teach him anything. Cause it's not my responsibility, but I'm, I'm taking that on cause I love him, you know? Yeah. yeah that's great, man. It's, you know, I, I, I love even the references in this episode are really good. And and then that final hologram before they go into the cavern, Joshua calls Finn Sue. And mm-hmm. do you know what that's a reference to? Yeah, or did you have to boy, read about it? The Boy Named Sue song. Okay. Yeah. I wasn't sure if you actually knew that song or not. It's great. In case yeah. you don't know, it's a Johnny Cash reference. Um, and I I had to assume it was. I, did they actually state that it is? Or does the wiki state that it is? Yeah. The, the wiki was like, yeah, I'm pretty sure that it's a call out to the Boy Named Sue, Johnny Cash. Yeah. So... In case you don't know, I'll just read a couple lines from that. Uh, like toward the end of the song, here's some lyrics that I just think are really great. And it kind of talks, it's it's a weird perspective on fathering that the father in the song, a boy named Sue, takes and uses on his own son. And he said, son, this world is rough. And if, uh, and a man's got him, or, and a, geez, again, that's crazy, dude. <laughs> And he said, son, this world is rough. And if a man's going to make it, he's got to be tough. And I know um, I wouldn't be there to help you along. So I'll give you that, or so I gave you that name and I said goodbye. And I knew you'd have to be tough or you'd die. It's that name that helped you make it, uh, helped make you strong. So it's kind of just an interesting perspective on like, I'm going to screw you over. But in order to, like, when I do so, you're going to come out on the other side of this much better, which yeah. I just don't agree with. But no, <laughs> I, I don't either. It's a good song, agree. though. It is a it's really a good, good song. song. Yeah. I mean, and I mean, this didn't totally work. I mean, the lyrics. Whatever but. Joshua does, he assumes is going to work, and it only works because of Jake. But yeah, yeah. Well, he finally gets his father's approval, and he turns it around from being whoop, getting whooped by that giant monster, which really cool design. Of that gosh. giant oh, cyclops monster. 
Dude, between Dude. between the big monster and the almost love glove looking like head brain demons on the sexy ladies, like oh yeah. Uh, this is an episode I for sure they push the boundaries. Like if we look at the differences between the first dungeon episode we had, even though it had that like creepy uh angel angel demon that puts Jake in the in the stew or whatever. Uh, this one, I'm like, oh my gosh, this is like creepy rough. Like this gets yeah. like Courage the Cowardly Dog creepy. It does for a couple of moments, especially with, like you're saying, with the the fruit witches. And then toward the end here though, probably the coolest moment of this episode is when Finn has the sword stabbed straight into the monster's eye. Mm-hmm. And it just the light of the eye is shining on him and he lifts him up and tosses him into the hole and it really feels like a big heroic moment where it's just yeah, like, dude, you that, are, takes the sword out of the stone to, you know, rips the mm-hmm. chain, doesn't even use the key, which is on the monster's hand or arm. Yeah. It's, it's really cool. Yeah. It gets, it's, it's super cool that Finn uses the sword. And I think Joshua expected him to defeat the monster and get the key. And then the sword was like the reward of it all. Yeah. Totally. But, I was like, I just thought that, I mean, for sure gets my tops of the episode. It's kind of like right when Jake starts his like beatbox remix of uh, the hologram tapes. (laughs) And then just the artwork of that fight is so good. And it like flicks Finn on its hand and he's like flying through the air and it has that light epic moment. It's just like, that's so good. Fantastic. Yeah. I, you know, Finn's my lovely of this episode. I think he deserves it. He yeah, does. he went through a lot of emotional manipulation throughout this entire episode. It just started feeling bad for him, and uh, you know he clearly didn't have the best upbringing or perhaps the most normal upbringing. Um, you know, and he's such a crying, whiny baby that Finn. Ugh, you know. But he finished the dungeon, so I'm proud of him, just like his father. You know, yeah, I'm. I'm proud well, of him. It was fun. It, like actually, when we get into next week's episode, I know the writers in the show actually have a lot of moments where they said, "Like, I don't know. Um, we don't like to make Finn cry. We don't want." Oh, interesting. Like, you know, there was there was a lot of reservations from the writers apparently that I'm learning about right now that they were like, you know, Finn needs to be this, and and they make him a little bit more vulnerable as the show goes on. But this one specifically um, shows Finn's soft spot. Like the show's very, very much that he is, I'd say more emotionally driven than by like, if he, if he lost to a monster or like lost to a bad guy, that's like, he can get over that. It's a lot of when he says, I only cry when people die, you know? Yeah. And now we see that his loved ones like Joshua, that's, that's something that hits his soft spot. Um, and that he can really do anything, but his major weaknesses are people he loves and whether they die, whether they betray him, whether they give him very bad parenting advice, uh, that that's where his soft spot. I don't know, man. I I was a little, uh, surprised, not, not to say that like, yeah, negative reinforcement like that is bad. But he he definitely pulls like a Luke Skywalker in the Last Jedi movie <laughs> where he's like, oh man, like I really suck, and so I just give up, you know. And it it almost almost doesn't fit his character well, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I agree. I I don't know. I I don't think I 
I'll get a better understanding of Finn's full character as we get further into this episode or this podcast and uh, yeah. the episodes of the show. But it does seem a little off character to me as well. Uh, yeah, I was I was and next very episode surprised. Does too. Honestly, it's it's kind of annoying when he is crying over something small. I don't know. Maybe maybe it's the teenager in him though. Yeah, this well the next episode we're going into like PB and back into that relationship which Season three, they didn't talk about. Well, we'll talk. We'll talk about that later. Huh? Yeah, yeah we'll talk about that next episode. But it is surprising. <laughs> you know, I, I'd say it's less surprising in this one because we haven't seen a lot of like what Joshua and you know Finn's lack of parents, adopted parents, how that affects him as an adult. And, and now we see it is that like maybe he's like a big driving force in him as kind of the outsider of that family. Yeah. Is a is I really want my dad to be proud of me, and so that's obviously hits some sort of soft spot in him that oh, no we've doubt. never seen before. But it it comes out of nowhere. It's a little surprising, a lot to take in at once, you know. Yeah, and it's a, interesting to see a different like way of being motivated through Finn as well, because most of the time it's like Finn is fighting for his friends or like for mm-hmm. friendship is his big motivator in this show and especially like his relationship with Jake to save Jake or, or Jake is, you know, yeah, there's like an end goal something. type thing yeah, and, uh, it involves others usually. Yeah. No, this was a, a really cool episode, man. I, I really liked this one. I thought it was interesting to bring Joshua back and to have him back in that way to play this role where he's almost antagonizing or an antagonist is what i was gonna yeah, say yeah he's, he's almost antagonizing. The, he's pretty much the antagonist yeah. but antagonizing finn the whole time too Certainly. good wordplay yeah. there yeah <laughs> <laughs> i just it's it's not my favorite the way he goes about it but it's a it's a cool episode oh no it's a great well it just and it, again this episode was named dungeon originally and before they turned it into dad's dungeon and they were going to use just the title dungeon to refer back to the one from season one. That's again, I think, still top five episodes of the great, show so far for us. Yeah. Um, but has that whole thing, you know, you, you slide down in the dungeon, you know, trial number one, trial number two. One is more of a physical trial, then one is a mental trial, and then one yeah. the, and then there's the big epic villain at the end. Which so also they, Finn destroys trial number one by himself, despite Jake trying to stop him and everything like to, to eat the hot dogs, you know, like yeah. Finn just totally dominates that first trial, but no sweat even. Well, we learned until his, later on that he his starts body to, is a callus, so he can't yeah. be hurt. Well, I know, which is a great moment, but I it is interesting to think like he only starts to falter with these challenges when his loved ones are mentally blocking him. Right. It's like, he would have been fine probably with this entire dungeon, though I do wonder how he would have been able to handle if he had not been distracted the sexy fruit witches. I do wonder if that would have been. Um, no, 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 no. I th- no? That's the, the, the fruit witches. He's a teenage witches boy. Were... Sexy witches? Come on. I think they're they're ignoring the witches, not just because they're in deep conversation, but I really okay. do think it's like, it's so obvious. Like they know like about like sirens and here done that food oh eat the food it's so like they're almost ignoring them because they're like this is too easy of a challenge like okay that's what my thought was no you're probably right and i think we've already had a monster like we've already had sirens on the show i just can't think of where they are in the past anyways so 
Yeah, that well, I mean yeah. that the angel in the last dungeon episode was kind of oh, like that of too. So yeah, it totally um, was. The, like, I'm here to save you. And then <laughs> say, I'm gonna eat your brains. Uh, I uh, was gonna ask though. So after dungeon episode number two, okay, like how how are we feeling about like Finn? Like maybe we've already talked about this, but just in general with you, or like about Finn's in- adventuring and style, and now we know about his emotional stuff, like. Uh, and it's kind of this is a, a season three. We're starting to wrap up season three. Yeah. Like, do you feel like you relate with Finn more, and that he's becoming more like humanized, like like we would be, or do you still think he's like, man, he's like a more epic than we are? Like, he's a little more epic than we are. Certainly, I think I'm just I'm conflict adverse, so it's hard for me to relate to Finn when it comes to like fighting things and adventuring in that sort of way, which of course is unrealistic for the real world to some degrees. I mean, you know, unless you're just drawing parallels with uh, challenges that you come across in your day to day, which that certainly could be relatable. Um, But in a very physical, like uh, very literal sense, I I don't relate with him in his adventuring (laughs) as much as I wish I could. I'm not the hero, right? Like in my opinion or the main character per se, like in my opinion, there are aspects of my life that I feel the main character about. And I think it's a, it's a healthy, like, yeah, you definitely need to feel that way. Some, in in some aspects of your life, some sort of a healthy humbleness, but I don't know, even saying that sounds unhumble but yeah but not, know, but, but not i know like you too like Finn not is like as much main of a, character right i don't know yeah yeah and what you're i guess what you're really saying is like this episode for sure shows his like caution to the wind like yeah um mentality when it comes to adventuring and killing things you're i know you're definitely more of like a methodical like let's think about this and and i think finn will grow into that for sure yeah. and you'll like that development of finn because i think that will then push him and his growth being like, Oh, I get like, he's just like gung ho in season one, um, starts to show like emotional responses in season two. And now in season three, you can be like, okay, now we are starting to see the soft spots. Mm -hmm. You know, it's interesting how this is a really good episode. And yet it still leaves me wishing that it led to a bigger storyline within all of adventure time, we got some with the father and we've been wanting that with Joshua, but I don't think we're really leading anywhere with this episode and kind of, I don't know, maybe the next episode we are leading somewhere. So I don't want to say anything about next episode. The next episode where we are introducing a new canonical character. That's big. Yeah. And this one I think is, is, well, it definitely has like, you have to have seen this episode to get, several other episodes um, and a lot of the Joshua market investigations and the dynamic of that side of their family. Um, you could go back to this episode after those future ones and be like, okay, it makes more sense. It makes more sense. Why Joshua's like kind of an asshole. It makes more sense. Why, you know, understanding that family dynamic more kind of opens this episode up with several more layers. Yeah. Well, dude, what, what's your lesson? Or have you already said your lesson for this episode? No, I mean, I've got a couple of them. I think um, we didn't really get into it, if you want to get into it, that I do think that part of these little like pre-recorded things have some sort of creepy AI uh, aspect to it where, because hmm. Joshua like responds very much 
as if they're actually talking to him. Okay. Um, I don't know. Yeah, that's I had an a lesson. Theory. I had a lesson around that. So yeah, it's well, definitely technology from a prior time, right? It's it's for sure mm-hmm. technology from pre-war. I would I would assume. Yeah. Well, my theory on that, because this is this is a good like little tangent to go down here too. It's just my my theory about that is that these holograms they're recording are not just like video messages. That there is some aspect of uh, Joshua and Margaret that has put their personality Within into it. It okay. Cool. So it can respond as if it's uh, as if it's like a you know, artificial intelligent. Yeah. Cause Joshua. he calls Jake out being like, Hey, like, obviously this is a pre-recorded message. I can't hear what you're saying. Like, shut up, dude. Yeah. But no, but then other, other moments of it make you not feel that way. So I think no. there's something sneaky. But, in, in, but I think that is sneaky in the fact that he even knew that Jake was responding in a certain way or he was yeah, predicting well, his son's patterns. We've seen one know. with Margaret in the, in the, um, like, weird virtual manifestation so i think that this is something that they've got some sort of like weird ai spell on so that's why it leads to my lesson that ai conversations with dead people is a bit of a gray area (laughs) like okay there you go um the second is positive reinforcement always trumps negative reinforcement although it is trickier to do that the negative reinforcement is very surface level then don't be a baby and i'm giving you this trial but you know Working on that development in a positive way is better. Mm -hmm. And then my last one is, you know you. Don't let others get you down. Like, remember that those who truly love you are going to support you and bolster you up. So when you get that negativeness in your life, like, that's, like, you just got to be able to work and practice and fail and everything at drowning that out and being like, I know I'm badass. I know I can be Trying to separate yourself from it. Almost. Yeah, separate yourself from negative feedback from yeah. others, even when they're loved ones. It's hard to take it, or hard not to take it personally. Certainly, it is. Um, it really, I mean, it's. I I learn that about myself all the time, and like, yeah, you know, doing stuff with my family and being like, I know me, um, and if anything that goes on with family like brings me down, be like, I can. It's hard to separate yourself from that, you know. Yeah. So that's that's my lesson. We I won't get too deep on that. Maybe cool. maybe at a later date. Well, my lesson is totally different, which is kind of neat that we had separate thoughts at the end of this uh, episode. But mine is simply uh, be real to your homies and be kind to those that you have influence over. Which kind of harking back to the gooey, gross, large guy who probably needs to shower. <laughs> yeah. No, no, that that's good. I think that's, I wouldn't have drawn the parallel between those two things about them being nice to that guy and giving him positive reinforcement and being like, we're just being nice. Like go yeah. shower, be change yourself. Yeah. Because yeah. we're be a whiny baby. And bros, bros are real with each other. Yeah. And Joshua um, is not real with them. But, but to each other, not in front of other people. Cause that is <laughs> yeah. super rude. <laughs> super, yeah. Super rude. Do we have um, uh, a traveler's log segment this oh, week? We do have a traveler's log. You guys have finally made it. We've talked about it for weeks now. Um, it's, this one comes from Olivia. First of all, she was super pumped and was hoping that the sticker sticker giveaway was still going on, which it is. So leave us a review, Apple Podcasts, Mm -hmm. wherever you can leave us a review. Um, Russell has finally picked up on my Slack, and I think he did send out some stickers this week. So 
Yeah, very well, much you should be fully caught up. If you have asked for one and you didn't get it in the next like week or week and a half, um, yeah, just reach reach back out to us. Yes, but uh, that was Olivia's first note on the log. The second note is that she said, I just wanted to say that you guys have some good ideas and insight when it comes to lessons and deeper meaning with the show. And I love it. You've inspired me to go through with my Adventure Time tattoo idea. And I'm so happy with how it turned out. Russell should be next, but no pressure. Uh, Russell coming yeah. for me. Let's get, yeah, I'm going to give you know. a little pressure. Um, she said the whole tattoo session, I was saying how lovely this would be and how not so lovely it felt but I was so happy to have you guys in my ear the whole time. So that's super awesome. Uh, Olivia, so I got a cool. tattoo this week as well. So what? like- What'd you yes. get? Shh, I can't tell you. I'll well, show you, you can't tell me. I'll show you, I'll show you the next. I'll show you the next episode. I'm not. We're not going to get. Okay, that. big reveal. Big reveal time. But uh, Olivia, oh, no, gosh. thank you for writing in. That's super awesome. Um, I'm going to get Russell to get a BMO tattoo for sure. So. Um, I'm glad that now we are inspiring others to do so. He's so maybe you'll cutie. feel a larger obligation. Oh gosh. I, I did not tell anyone to get a tattoo. I've not forced that upon anyone. <laughs> if you get a never ending adventure tattoo because you love this podcast for some reason, don't tell us. I don't want to know. I don't know. That's well, too well, real. That's way too real. That's too well. Or we'll have to, I don't know, fly you down to Nashville and take you out for a beer <laughs> or something you down like that. To Nashville. <laughs> no, no, don't force that on anyone. <laughs> I, we'll shout you out on social media without a doubt. But like, don't you know like this is a <laughs> fun thing we do um anyways thank y'all so much for listening and hanging out for 80 episodes 80 of never ending adventure now oh, gosh that um, makes me think we'll be almost wrapped up with season four when we do episode 100 which is crazy really cool or about yeah i guess well, if through season four if you're still here and uh 80 episodes in and you haven't followed us on instagram yet I, you know, you can follow us at Never Ending Adventure Podcast. Please do. Uh, it helps, and especially people that are engaged and hanging out with us. Uh, TikTok, TikTok at Never Ending Adventure Cast, Twitter at NEA underscore podcast. Email us your thoughts, your opinions, uh, your tattoos, uh, you know, like why you got <laughs> yeah. it. If you listen to the podcast and you enjoy it, nea.travelerslog at gmail.com. Um, yeah, check us out. You know, follow us on YouTube just for the sake of helping helping us out some. And again, if you do a review on Apple Music, if you have an iPhone or iTunes, or even just rate us on Spotify, let us know you did, and we will send you a sticker and all of our love as well. And until next Tuesday, I've been Russell Tyndall. My co-host has been Ned Pruitt, your producer, your best friend, secretly has been DJ Cowboy Hat, also known as Michael Hitchcock, and party forever. Party forever because, you know, I love you guys so much. Bye.